All right, folks, welcome back to not just a regular episode of Shock Treatment with Mel and Maddie, but a big old 420 weed smoking episode of, of fucking Shock Treatment with Mel and Maddie. Ain't that beautiful? Yes. We can distribute our medicine to every one, one of our patients tonight. Oh, my. And ourselves. Oh, <laughs> medicinal shock treatment patients. I think yeah. I need to be high just to be here. <gasps> A voice? Oh, yeah, we're all in video form. Well, ain't that nice for everybody? So for everybody out there watching, um, <laughs> you know. Benjamin, You're not even high yet. Huh? We're not even huh? high yet. I know. It's going to get deep, folks. All right. We got Benjamin Bartlett there. Where? Smoke first. Smoke first. I heard Coming his voice in the dark. Rocking that background, doing it big. I like that background. Was that Northern Lights? Yeah, I'm lost in my own little mind. It's a beautiful place <laughs> to be. You know what I mean? You cool with that? All right. We got Jeff Holman with us, too. I've What's been- happening out there, people? Nobody can see me. That's a good thing. Everybody can be seen. That's the beauty of the eyeballs. So now you guys have got your hands in a lot of uh, a lot of different cool things, um, uh, you know, weed related things. We thought it'd be fantastic. We were trying to get oh, you guys. Man. I got my hands in my pants right now. Does that count? Well, in the front of the back, that's very important. One in each. Well, impossible. Work, I guess. Or there's a third hand there with a cigarette. Just don't put it in your mouth when you're oh, done. Oh, no, that, that's All a right. joke. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, we first met you guys at the during the convention thing. Doing the convention, I think, what, ScareCon, was it, Mel? I believe so. Yeah, it was ScareCon. Yeah, the good old days. And you guys were doing the, uh, the, the Token Dead. We were pushing the Token Dead comic at the time, right? Yeah, I think we had just come out. Yeah. We had issue one, I believe. Yeah, issue one was out. We were in between one and two. Yeah. Yeah. The um Yeah, that was good times. Caught a, caught our eye. You know, there's a you know well, let's get jumped to real quick. How'd you two meet each other? You know, how how far back <laughs> how far uh, back is this partnership in <clears throat> Well, about thirty four years ago. Yeah. 35 years ago, I was sitting on the roof of my shed behind my house. I was like fourteen years old. Mm-hmm. with a buddy of mine smoking a joint and the house next door to me had just sold. And I see these headlights coming down the dirt driveway over my shoulder. And I'm like, okay, yeah. See this truck pull in and this guy down here in the corner jumps out, you know, with a mullet and fucking beard and shit. And Fuck, I didn't have a fucking mullet. Fuck you, dude. <laughs> fucking mullet. Okay, maybe you didn't have a mullet, but I had, I had long hair that was brown at the time. <laughs> well, yeah, it was brown. That's true. Anyway, so he's rustling this fucking dresser out of the back of the pickup truck by himself, and my buddy Bobby says to me, "Hey, should we help this guy?" I said, "Well, yeah, as soon as we're done smoking this joint." Yeah. <laughs> so we took a couple more hits. I haul it over. Hey, you want some? It was dark out too, so you know. Hey, you want some help? And he's kind of looking around. He goes, "Yeah." We jumped down off the shed, and the rest is kind of history. Shit. Yeah. How, how high up was that shed? Yeah, it was only six feet, I think. It was as high as you? Ooh. Well, I don't remember. I was high. Six feet? You <laughs> jumped off six feet? Well, yeah. Now, if I jump six inches, I got to go to the hospital. I was going to say, six feet killed Owen Hart. Shit. Yeah, right. my first thought was, oh, great. Derelict's living next door. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
that he, you know? he corrupted you? No, oh, no. hell no. Didn't go no. that way. No. no. No, I took him under my wing, and he eventually went to work with me. And it was nice having him next door because you know how young kids are. They don't want to show up to work. Right. So I used to just walk into his house and grab him by his foot and haul him right out of bed. Come on, let's go. And then the fucking <laughs> prick wouldn't even go to work. He'd go fishing. Yep. So I'd be out all night drinking, go to bed at like 5 o'clock in the morning, going, I ain't going to fucking work tomorrow. He'd drag me out of bed at 7 to go to work, and we'd go fishing. I'd be like, dude, I'm hungover. What are you doing? <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. You know, so yeah, we've known each other a really long time, and um, there's some things I regret. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Me too. Me too. Say, Listen, like staying friends for 34 years. <laughs> okay, it's okay because when the next filming schedule comes, I'll make sure that I eat Chinese food with a lot of broccoli the night before. Oh, horrifying! <laughs> Just saying. That's okay. I get a big stick. You can't hit broccoli, me with a big stick when you're driving. So when did you guys start collaborating on doing like entertaining stuff together, like to entertain people, you know, like when did the, the whole idea for the comic come about? Well, the comic came. Or, what, or was there a pre? Well, there, there was. was. A, there was a prequel to it. There was a prequel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause it was back in the was, early nineties. Yeah. I was going to say about 26 years ago. Yeah. I was back in the early nineties that uh, we decided to uh, start making t-shirts about the uh, positive, um, all the positive stuff about hemp and cannabis. Yeah. What it can do for the environment and, you know, all that kind of good stuff. You know what I mean? Um, back then there was no internet. There was, you know, none of that bullshit. Yeah. Well, there you know, was, we were, it was like AOL dial up, you know, 45 minutes of. Well, right. There was no, there was no social, um, yeah, no social, social media. platforms and none of that kind of stuff. So That's where we're going with net neutrality. Right. Yeah. You know, so it was, you know, it was, uh, it was tough. It was fun. You know, I mean, I was doing all the designing and we'd come up with the work and, you know, we had them in, I know they were in a store in Plymouth and we had, we had them in a couple of other stores. Yeah. We did most know, of put an ad in high times. Yeah. Most you of know our what sales I mean? came through high times. Right. You know, and, um, and then life happened. So that just kind of all got put on the back burner and, you know, and then we revisited it. Five years ago. Five? You, got, you guys always comic book fans or? 2017. No. Um, no. Well, <laughs> I, um, I grew up as a kid during the summers up in the middle of Maine <laughs> mm-hmm. on a lake in a cabin with no electricity, no running water, you know. Uh, so we read a lot of comic books. Yeah. But that's as far as it ever went. I never went to comic book conventions. I never, I never got involved in any of that, but we read a lot of comics as a kid. At least I did. You know what I mean? And right. uh, so I had a familiarity with, um, you know, what they were about, but I didn't know what the world was about. You know what I mean? Yeah. The world of comic books. That is, I still don't know what the world is all about. No, no. Still trying to figure that I, shit I out. Any of yeah. You know, and then um, in, in 2017, we, uh, we took our wives down to uh, St. Lucia. And we were sitting on the beach, 
hooked up with a prominent family down there that got us some weed and we had a couple of drinks. And I said to Jeff, I said, dude, I was going through my old totes out in the barn the other day and I came across the folder with the High Times magazine from when we had the T-shirts and blah, blah, blah. And we started talking about it. And, you know, we kind of took at that time weed was or cannabis was just just becoming decriminalized. And we could see where it was going. And we were like, you know, it would be cool to jump in here and try this and try that. And I don't know how it happened because we were high and drunk on the beach. Um, but we came up with, you know, what if we gave zombies cannabis and used it as a medicinal aspect and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, we'll call of, it the token dead. Yeah. And it just kind of snowballed from there. Um, yeah. We got back. We started working on it, making T-shirts. Yeah. Time <laughs> back is the T-shirt thing again. Right, right. Weed so smoking zombies, you know. Go ahead, Jeff. Yep. Huh? Go ahead. I told a little bit. Now your turn. Oh, okay. Well, so you know, we we were making designs in the shirts. You know, had this idea, and um, and somebody had said to us, "Well, you know, if you want to sell apparel, what you really need to do is have something that it's associated to. You know, like uh, you know, T-shirts for movies will sell because it's associated to the movie, or it's associated to something." Music, yeah, you know, yeah, it, you, know, you merch, your, your merchandise is based on something. So, uh, you know, we decided to uh, write. We were going to write a book. You know, and we started writing a book. It actually started at my camp in Maine on the picnic table. Yeah. You know, um, what did we get? We got like maybe halfway through part one. Yeah. And so we, you know, somebody was reading it. I can't remember who it was. <clears throat> And somebody made the comment, oh, this would make a great comic book. You know, do you remember who that was, Ben? I think it was your brother, Jimmy. Yeah, it could have been. I think it was your brother, Jimmy. Yeah, it could have been. That, you know, like, we started reading the script, or the, reading the plot line and what we had written. And uh, yeah, he came out and he's like, this would be a great comic book. And Jeff looks at me and goes, I don't know a fucking thing about writing comic books. So I go, well, neither do I. Google! You know? And I'm like, oh, dude, I mean, like, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff writes poetry. I write poetry. We both won Golden Poet Awards. I'm like, it's kind of just like this, and we just kind of try to storyboard it. So we were like, all right, let's fucking give it a whirl. We found an artist. We hunted for artists. We didn't know anything about that world either. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, we found this, uh, this great guy out in uh, California, Eric Yep, uh, who was willing to take the risk with us, you know. Uh, and he did a phenomenal job on, uh, on issue number one or what we call the premier issue, actually. Right. Yeah. You know, um, we printed that up old school because I'm old school. So that was done on a regular printing press. Oh, yeah. Just like back in the day when I was reading them on the 80 bright paper that you could silly putty. It was eight by 10. Yeah. You know, and I remember when we went to the first comic con, everybody was not laughing, but like, what are you doing? Right. You can't get CGCs on this stuff. You can't, you know, we're like, well, what are you talking about? We didn't even know that world. Yeah. We didn't even fucking care. We were just having fun, you right. know? Right. I'm like, hey, look, we got a cartoon magazine with our fucking pictures on it, man. Yeah. You know? That's cool. I mean, to, to me, that was the funniest and funnest part about it at that point. Yeah, I mean, when uh, something like that, I assume once it hit the convention circuit and the horror fans were in, and, and the stoner fans really kind of seen it it'd be a big deal like that. It's kind of like a, you know, well, a great idea, you know, not kind of, it's a great idea, you know, <laughs> zombies and weed mixing them up, especially in the time of now 
Where right. zomb- this is the biggest zombies have ever been, you know what I mean? Probably in the biggest weeds ever been. Right. Well, right. right. It's kind of funny because um, we actually launched in cannabis. We went to cannabis conventions first. Okay. You know, yeah. um, we did that for like three months, I think. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then we went to uh, our first Comic Con. Because, you know, somebody said, oh, you guys should do a Comic-Con. So they go, oh, well, okay. But what we discovered was that at the Comic-Cons, half of these people are freaking stoners. Yeah. And at the cannabis conventions, half of them are fucking geeks. Yeah. We're at the cannabis convention. They're talking about the Spider-Man movie and, you know, Avengers and, and, and all of this kind of stuff. So those worlds were always separated. And we decided to make it a mission to try and combine them. Yeah, and bring those are, worlds together. They both are kind of like groups of people that are outcasted. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. You, you know, know what I mean? You bring um, them together. And then, and then we found that you know it wasn't just the cannabis or the comic conventions. We were in or blessed to be VIP um, sponsors for Stoner and Doom Fest, which was a three-day music festival down in Jewett City, Connecticut. Yeah. Where we were down there, we were set up. I mean, literally, we were set up right next to the speaker. Three days, 40 bands. Neither one of us could fucking hear for a week. Um, yeah. But it was the same thing. They were stoners. They were talking about Marvel, DC, uh, the new what's coming now. And then the concept of what we had going on just blew their minds. Yeah. You know? So we found that just about every industry that we've been able to get involved with is the same thing you know (laughs) we were at a me and alex did a music festival in 2019 the gathering of the juggalos and it was the same deal it was like 40 bands over 40 days and uh, And icp was the headline icp is the headlining act yeah you know and it's a bunch of acts like i I love i've always been an icp fan i think the Uh, juggalos would love your stuff second that i'll second that yeah good man over there right right gotta get it in the juggalos hands it's funny how interesting, you know, it's interesting how uh, how much hate horror fans have for ICP sometimes when, like, it's so close. You know what I mean? It's weird. Well, yeah. Like, the horror audience, wrestling fans, you know what I mean? They're so much alike. Like you were saying with the comic book and the stoner fans and stuff, they're all alike. Uh, and it's funny that there's certain things that they just don't click up on, like ICP. Right. Yeah. And, well, and the funny thing is, is the whole thing is written, um, it's slapstick. It's all slapstick. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, how, how stupid can we really make this thing? But yet get our point across. Right. Because we didn't want it. We didn't want to be serious. You know what I mean? We wanted to try and, uh, you know, bring a little bit of cannabis education in uh, with the main goal of helping to break the stigma yeah. and make it fun. You know what I mean? You know, because we both wanted in some way to get involved with this new emerging cannabis business and cannabis world but we didn't want to be growers we didn't want to open dispensaries we didn't want to get involved directly in that world so what could we do smoke weed and write comics you know so yeah. that's what we you know and that's just kind of how it evolved <laughs> it's a lot have, you guys, yeah. have you guys while you were at any of the conventions like approached any like cast members from walking dead and showed them <laughs> um well it's funny because we've actually had Jer- we've actually had jeremy palco on our live show 
yeah, uh, broadcast we, show. We had him on. Jeremy's, Jeremy's, Jeremy's awesome. He's a good guy. Yeah. yeah. So guy. the answer to your question is yes. <laughs> I know that there yes. were certain. I know there were certain people involved with The Walking Dead that weren't fans. I think I heard um, about that somewhere. <laughs> actually, I, I don't think that I wouldn't use it for the legal not department fans. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, you know they. They, they were doing running. their job, you know what yeah, I mean? And, and, you know, whatever. Yeah, um, you know, they, dri- I, they dry fucked us with a cactus. Yikes. You need weed. You know, we need more than weed before that outing. Shit. You know, well, the thing about that whole, that whole situation is that, yeah. Uh, when they first sent that first letter to us, telling us to cease and desist and go away. Yeah. Nobody tells me what I can and cannot do ever, never. Okay. Because I'm going to do what I want. Right, Ben? Yeah. Yeah. He's just like, yeah. Um, You know, so we, you know, we responded like they asked and it was a, it was just a very polite, you know, you don't have the right to tell me to stop. We had already applied for our trademark. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we were going down the, the proper avenues. We were doing things right. Yeah. It's not up to them. It was up to the USPTO to either approve or deny our application. Yeah. Everything in between doesn't matter. The USPTO approved it. Cool. And it was quickly opposed. <laughs> uh, somebody made a call. You know what I mean? Well, they have the right to oppose it. And then, you know, all of a sudden it's a a two and a half or two year battle. And, you know, we refused to hire lawyers. So we spent countless, countless hours researching and we're writing our own things and answering our own stuff and doing what we can. Uh, and all the while progressing forward. Yeah. Right. You know right. what I mean? Uh, we were very, very well prepared. You know, where uh, we may appear in the comic book and when you see us, uh, you know, out in, in live situations and stuff sometimes, you know, maybe we appear kind of as, uh, uh, gumby freaking idiots or whatever, but yeah. we're not like that at all, you know, and we yeah. spent a lot of time learning the laws and learning the rules and, and reading about this and reading about that. Uh, you know, the, the amount of trademark applications to the USPTO that were abandoned was mind boggling. That had to, you know, the running dead, the swimming dead, the golfing dead. I mean, Jesus, the running dead was a, a nonprofit. Yeah. And it was abandoned. And we just assumed, we had to assume that they all received the same letters. But nobody there, had the balls to fight it. There's a, a parody law, isn't there? Where if you kind of. Well, I we did, didn't want to be a parody, though. I would just to get out of trouble. Well, the thing with the parody is then you would have to write in similarities to yeah. what they're doing. Right, and, and that's not what we were doing. After, uh, after the way they came at us, like they yeah. came at us like all guns blazing, and we were, right. like, we, we were like, bitch, we're from Boston. We can fight back. Right, Boston strong. You Whoop. know what I'm saying? So we were like, you know, fuck you. Right. Now, now it never will have any similarity or parody because we want nothing to do with your shitty-ass show involved with what we are creating. Right. And we told him that on the fall. Right. Right. And in the meantime, while all this was going on, obviously you want to win the battle. Right. But we were prepared not to. Gotta be. You know, I mean, you're fighting, uh, you know, multi, you know, million dollar 
companies and lawyers and this, that, and the other. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so long, long story short, the TTAB, which is a trademark trial and appeal board, um, ultimately weighed in the favor of Robert Kirkman and The Walking Dead. And AMC. Uh, and AMC for one reason and one reason only. Because the they fans. had somebody, nope, they had somebody do a quote survey, which in my opinion and our opinion was yeah. uh, bogus and structured in such a way. Shit. <laughs> uh, but they determined that there was a 16.9% chance that we would cause confusion. So they revoked our approved trademark. Mm-hmm. Crazy. The, you know, the very next day, we flipped it. We added one word. Changed things around. And that was it. Got a, le- got a letter from their lawyer saying, hey, we're not going to pursue this anymore. Case is closed. We were like, bye-bye. Have a nice day. We wasted, like Jess said, we wasted countless hours, but we learned a lot on the logistics side of, of being in an indie creator yeah. and the, um, those laws and things, yeah, they wasted hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right. If not more. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Like if you guys attempted to financially battle them, probably could have crippled you. You know what I mean? Like you can't uh, battle they, with we, that. We never would have been able to do it. No, right. we, no way. We, we talked to lawyers at the very beginning and they said straight out, you're looking we can at beat this. Right. They said, we can beat this for you, but they wanted a, they wanted a, one guy wanted a retainer of 50 K. Yeah. I was just going to say it was between uh, 50 and a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. And, you know, and a few of them were like, well, you're going to spend 50 to a hundred thousand, but they're much bigger than you. They're still going to win. Yeah. So they already knew. They already right. knew. They know how this, this, this government bullshit agency works. You know, the biggest thing, you know, the biggest thing that bothered me about that whole scenario, and I'll be perfectly honest with you, is not Kirkman. It's not AMC. It's not the attorneys. Okay. It was that the government agency called the USPTO fucking failed. They did not do their job properly. Okay. We did everything we were supposed to. That opposition shouldn't be against us. That should have been against the USPTO for approving it. You see what I mean? We became defendants. Why? We didn't do anything wrong. You know what I mean? And we even, you know, presented as evidence that the USPTO's job is to look for similarities, to look for possible confusions, to look for all of that stuff yeah. before issuing a trademark. But yet they still issued it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And me and Ben talked. I had half a mind and I was really considering filing a, a lawsuit against the USPTO for misrepresentation. Because they took our money and didn't do their job. Yeah. You know, but you look at the long haul of things, uh, that worked to our advantage. I mean, even yeah. TMZ picked that story right. up. Right. I remember that. Yeah. That was cool. <laughs> you yeah. know, so the, 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 the marketing of it, like they say, you know, uh, bad publicity is good publicity because it's free. It's true. Yeah. At that you know point, what I mean? At that point in time, we actually, when TMZ picked that story up, it spread us in newspapers, magazines, and stories clear across from east to west in the United States and then from east to west in Canada. 
Yeah. And we were even getting emails from people down in South America at one point that wanted nice. to do stories. And it was just, you know. it, was, it was fucking crazy. If you Googled, right. if you Googled the, you know, the Toking Dead, it was 50 fucking stories about a lawsuit and this and that, which is a huge confusion. It wasn't a lawsuit. It was a trademark dispute. Right. You know, there's a big difference. Oh, yeah, yeah because you know. there were headlines, you know, Walking Dead sues the Toking Dead. It's like, that's not what it was. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it was, it was, a, they, they couldn't sue us. Because it was through the USPTO. Because it was through the USPTO. On the other side of it. Blow everything out of proportion, too. Right. Well, right, right, right. You know, and a word to the wise for everybody listening out there. uh, If you are trying to do something and you have an idea, do yourselves a favor. Trademark it. Because if you don't and another company catches wind of what you're doing, now you're in a civil suit. They can sue you at that point yep. for um, trademark violations and stuff. Yeah. But where we were a registered, you know, registered with the USPTO and an applicant, they could not do that and, and get any monetary value out of us at all. Just a word to the wise for everybody, hey. you know, that might be thinking about doing something. Yeah. Yeah, the system's broken, like you say. You know, I mean, even look at weed in general with people, all the people in jail to get serious for a moment. You know what I mean? Look at all the people in jail for weed. And right now, with it, you know, legal in most places, you know, what's your guys' take on the fact that uh, people got to stay in jail still? What's up with that? Well, you know, yeah, my, my, you know, the way that I look at that is okay, you know, Massachusetts went legal. Yeah. All right. The day Massachusetts went legal, Anybody that was in jail just for possession of pot should have been immediately released. Under under the allowed amount. Yeah. Because, I mean, let's be realistic. There are some people that are in prison right now, but they were transport. We're talking they were transporting, you know, 10 pounds across state lines. Yeah. That you kind of run your own. On I that see the posi- I see the position of it. You know what I you mean. You know what I'm saying. So yeah. I mean, if if they were if they were within the legal limit of possession, they should have been released. Right. If they you know if they if they've got a dump truck full of fucking weed and they get arrested for it, well, then you're just an idiot. Now, see, I disagree with that, and I disagree with that because that's how it operated back then. You know what true, I mean? Very true. You need. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's how it worked. Yeah. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? That is true, Benny. That is you true. Know, so but it was I, I think that I think it, <laughs> it's illegal now to do that. Yeah. Yes. You can't do that now. But when it became, yeah, there was no rules to it. Everything was illegal. So it didn't matter what you did. Right. Yeah. I could have been thrown in a prison cell for having a joint. Yeah. Well, exactly. You know I, what I mean? Same your truck. Yeah, yeah. I you know. So as soon as it became legal, all of those people should have been immediately released. Okay, if you were a heavy freaking and you were moving 10 pounds a week and shit, but don't do it again. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's legal, day, but now there's a process. If it's yeah. legal now, it doesn't really, if you, it's like cotton balls. What if it was cotton balls? You know what I mean? If you had 50 pounds of cotton balls on you, you know what I mean? Back in the day, now it's just cotton balls that don't mean anything. You know what I mean? It shouldn't mean anything, at least. But I do right. catch, I understand that vibe of having the huge amount. But then I got, you know, I got to agree with Jeff when he says at that time, if you had a joint or a truckload, you were getting the same thing. You might as well attempt that truckload. You know what I mean? 
Oh yeah, no, I never said that. I didn't oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, well, the funny, the funny thing is, is even back in the day, yeah, it was a business. It was just a black market business. You know what I mean? And looking at it logically, that's what a dispensary is. They're just the big time dealers that brought this, that, you know, 30 years ago, they would have been the ones bringing the five pounds and 10 pounds, 100 pounds into the state. They just do it out of a building legally with a license now. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the people that were doing it back in the day already knew how to fucking do it. Yeah. Give them the licenses. Let them fucking do it. Yeah. Screw the CCC. They don't know what the hell they're doing. It's true. So sure. we don't sell weed, we'd never get a license after that comment. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> no that's all right now. You guys gonna you know. is there gonna be token dead weed soon? Go to nope. the dispensary? Nope. No? Nope. Um what? Uh oh. This is where the group disbands, the band breaks up. Okay, well let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase that. Okay. Um we as talking with the dead. Yeah. Will never sell it. There you okay. go. All right. The clarification. Right. We will. We will never. You will never be able to go up or come up to us or go to our website or uh, if we even had a brick and mortar and come in and be able to buy right. any form of cannabis ever, because that's not what we do. Right. But right. it doesn't mean that we can't work with people. Uh, on a white label type of a situation, all right. There's already there's already one out there that was a uh, uh, it's a hybrid plant uh, that has been named after um, Duke from, from the, the comic. comic book. It's called Ball Slayer. Yeah, and 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 that and that is a strain now. I like that. Okay, so the strains, you know, white labeling that. Yes, yeah. so there may be a talking with the dead strain but it's not something that we can sell we would never do that right well it would be a white label to somebody else i meant like yeah strain you go somewhere and get the token dead not like you see jeff on the street and say give me an eighth of that fucking token dead jeff and he pulls out the backpack and goes you got it baby it's funny can i I get an eighth of that choke that that uh token choke (laughs) you know i hate to tell you how many people come up to us at comic cons and ask us for fucking weed I believe that. No, I, believe it. <laughs> I can believe it. You know I what I mean? I tell them straight out, oh, no, man, I didn't bring weed because it's a Comic-Con. I can't be blowing fucking bone after bone, but I got tons of edibles. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, I mean, you know, it's um, we're in a we're in a funny little position, especially with the. Uh, hey, you know, hey, the, hey, hey, keep your funny what? little positions over there. Hey. My hands, my hands are here. OK, just checking. Um. We, you know, it's, it's like we're not a magazine. So we don't fall under the regulations of, of advertising in magazine advertising for cannabis businesses. We can have a pot leaf as our logo. But most cannabis businesses can't. Why is that? Be, it, it has to do with the CCC regs. You know what I mean? They can't, you know... Uh, if you look at the basically be blatant about it. Okay. Right. Right. You know, but we can get away with it because we don't we're not in that market. Look at High Times. High Times gets away with it because they're the same thing, except they're a magazine. 
They don't sell weed. Yeah. They promote businesses. True. You see what I mean? But the businesses themselves can't do it. Hmm. You know why they came up with that rule? I don't know. Uh, but I actually think it works to the advantage of uh, these companies anyways. You know, I mean, a, a, a pot leaf looks like a fucking pot leaf looks like a fucking pot leaf. You can't have everybody's logo look like a fucking pot leaf. Yeah. What does it look like? A fucking pot leaf. What's that? Nice. You know what I mean? Pot? Yeah, what's a fucking pot leaf? You know, it looks like this with a little stem. They give it actually a hand with a little stem. Look at that. Oh, man. See, it is. See, you know. Um, you know, so it, I, I think that it works to that advantage, but it, it has to do with um, oh. underage people and kids. And, you know, it's like the whole marketing, you know, uh, you can't come up with uh, edibles that um, that look like cereals that kids would buy right. in flavor, you know, flavored this and flavored that. And that's where they're fighting like, oh, well, you know, I can buy bubblegum fucking vodka. Yeah. And they market it that way. Let's just say, if you're buying bubblegum vodka, you have what we call a problem. You know what I mean? Very serious. Vodka, vodka tastes like shit to begin with. So if you're going to be chewing it up, yeah, if you need to chew up vodka because you can't be drinking on the job, so I need to chew vodka bubblegum so I don't have a breakdown, that's a problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, now, see, I'm a martini guy, and I love my vodka. <laughs> yeah, I am. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, but it's... It, Again, it's the marketing thing of it. They can't make it look like candy. Right. Which makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Which, which makes total sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it does hamper on the creativity of labels and labeling and this sort of stuff. You know what I mean? So how, uh, how out there do you think marketing should be for weed? Do you think that we should have like commercials on TV for weed or where do you think it should be? Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yep. Why not? What, like twenty get out of cigarettes, and that's going to kill you quicker. So twenty four twenty four seven, or after like a nine o'clock thing. When do they uh, run, no? Do they run alcohol ads? No, I agree that alcohol should be more of after nine o'clock thing. I'm just saying, you know, it, I'm should, with you. it should fall under the same guidelines. Alcohol is worse. I think alcohol is a lot still, worse. But yeah, no, no, I, I realize that, but it still should fall. Yeah, under yeah, the same I know guidelines. what you mean. Right, but you know, and I look at it like this too. You know, it's um. um Let's 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 take a a look at alcohol abuse, right? Right. You have countries out there like Italy. You know, I've been to Italy. Okay. Um, you trying to say they're all drunks? No, no, no. What I'm no, no, no. Hear me out. Okay. Kids, all right, in Italy, drink wine at dinner with their parents. Yeah. They're 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 grown up with it. Okay, and there's there's less abuse in those countries because. Think about, you know, you as a kid growing up, you know what I mean? Dad's got the liquor cabinet locked and it's like, no, no, you can't. As soon as somebody says, no, you can't do that and no, don't touch that. The first thing you're going to fucking do is go get it. Or touch it or try to get in it. Right. You see what I mean? (laughs) You know, so I think I and, and that comes right back to the whole education of it. Yeah. Okay. Now, when we do these comic cons. We watch, you know, mom and dad come by and, and they're, you know, uh, mom's holding the, the eight-year-old and the dad's holding the 12-year-old's, you know, hand and, and, and they're at a Comic-Con. Well, dad looks over and sees us with our big, you know, token with the dead banner and all this shit. He wants to come over. Yeah. Because he's interested, but he looks down at his kid and they just keep on walking. Yeah. Right. Then he that's comes what back we're, 20 minutes later. <laughs> well, that's what we're trying to break. We've actually, had, 
we've actually had a dad, you know, a dad came over with his son. Mm -hmm. And we had a conversation about it. This is a medicine. It's medicinal. You know what I mean? And and I think it all has to do with that education. But even still, right now, uh, in Massachusetts, it's been legal for what, four years? They legalized it four or five years ago. You're just starting to, it's just starting to get to mainstream and stuff, but they're not educating these kids about it. You know what I mean? Sure. They're still making it as like this stigma thing. Exactly. Oh, you got it. You know, they, they, they walk across the street when they're passing by a dispensary because they, you know, and you don't want to do that. You want them to know about it. You want to teach them about it. Yeah. Why you know, you think- I'm, why do you think there's such a stigma about weed? You know, I mean, it comes burnt, grow natural. I mean, it's propaganda that, you know, tore it down. But, like, why Why do you think they wanted? Why do you think there's a big stigma about weed? Well, because they created the stigma. And the yeah. reason they created the stigma was two things. Big farm and oil. Believe it or not. Okay. Uh, big farm did not want medicinal cannabis, period. Because they want to, they want to, they want to sell their medicines and they want to sell their their pharmaceuticals. Okay, yeah. that's number one. Number two, <clears throat> cannabis and hemp. Okay, can put the oil business, the oil companies, right out of fucking business. Okay, there's companies out there now that have developed hemp plastics. All right, and when you throw that plastic bottle into a dump. In 30 to 60 days, it turns back into fucking dirt. It's gone. It's not petroleum-based. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, The same thing with paper and save the trees. And, you know, we could go on and on and on and on. Anything that is made with petroleum can be made with hemp. Everything. Okay? Building blocks. Flooring. It goes on and on and on and on and on. Yeah. Right, Ben? (laughs) Ben's down. Yeah, I mean, you get the mental health aspect of it, you know what I mean? What about the whole whole vibe of happier people? I mean, they're not really wanting happier people or more carefree, free-thinking people. There's nothing that's wasted with this plant, and every part of this plant can be used for so many things. It's just fucking mind-boggling. It's mind-boggling. I mean, just all all the... I mean, there's so many cases now where they're using marijuana for children having seizures so that it stops them. So they're not having like 500 seizures a day because I remember seeing it. There was something I was watching. There was a little girl, like literally she was having like 500 seizures a week. And as soon as they started letting her have cannabis, the seizures were cutting. And the more that she was using the cannabis, the less she was having seizures. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Big, big Big Farm just wants people to get addicted to pills. Or, you know, it's all about the money. Yeah, it's all about the money. Right, right. And now they're, uh, they're actually starting to uh, research it and, and uh, do, they're doing trials now in uh, rehabilitation. Okay, to get people off of heavy drugs. Okay. Uh, and I'll tell you right now that back in my late teens and early 20s, you know, I was a cokehead. I had serious problems. And when I finally beat that, what kept me off it was weed. I worked in a Suboxone clinic 
So I, I, I know what you're saying because like a vast majority of the people that were coming in, that was like the only drug they were allowed to have in their system. Just anything else? Yeah. Yeah. Just cannabis. Anything else? They were screwed. But I noticed how many people were on it because it was helping them get off the other habits too, because most of them didn't even want to be on the Suboxone. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. And if you go to work, you know, and they're going to drug test you at work, it, it's still an issue in a lot of places. Okay. But you could have a, 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 a blood alcohol level of 40 to 60 and you're all right. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That does, that's, that, 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 that's become accept, uh, you know, uh, acceptable for whatever Except, reason. Acceptable? Yeah, and all I'm drinking is a Pepsi, so, you know. Yeah, but how many animals do you eat? No, I'm done yet. I waited till afterwards. I thought I'd try and have a clear head, which doesn't yeah. happen very often. Jesus, you know. we're screwed. So, uh, <laughs> you know, so, you know, the, uh, there's so much good that it can do. And don't get me wrong. I think that, um, this, you're still going to have, uh, certain issues with it. Okay. I'm one of those it. that, yeah. well, yeah, you're still going to have people anything. that will, yeah. you know what I mean? Uh, you know, people abuse toilet paper. Jesus right. Christ. Why else do we have a shortage? It's true. It's true. You know what I mean? Um, I don't believe that anybody that is, um, uh, smoking or under the influence should drive. Right. That's my belief. I agree. You know what I mean? Much like anything, uh, because you are under the influence. And, and I've talked to people that say they're a better driver when they are high. And I believe that too. <laughs> but there's not, a, there's not enough research to it. You know what I mean? They're focused, more focused. Right. I mean, if I got to drive, I don't, I don't smoke. Actually, if I got to drive and go somewhere with numb nuts over there, no I more. double dose on CBD to to stay fucking calm. Just to be, yeah, just to be able to make the trip. <laughs> That's just because you get fucking pissed off at the fucking guy driving seventy in front of you. Get out of the way. Seventy is too slow. What do you guys think about um, the idea that they've been tossing around about doing tests on drivers like they do for drunk drivers for weed? Well, like I said, I, I believe that you shouldn't be operating any kind of a motor vehicle or heavy machinery or machinery of any kind. If you are under any, you know, if, you, if you're smoking or I work in a wood shop all day. Yeah, that would okay. be good. All right. I value my fingers. You know what I mean? I, I like to get high. But it's a recreational it's a recreational thing. I don't yeah. think it belongs in the workplace and I don't think it belongs behind the wheel. That's yeah. just me. And there's people that will disagree. And I'm okay with that. Get high after you cut your finger off. Because that's right. when you need that's when you need it the most. You know what right. I mean? Pain relief. Yeah, you know, exactly. Sense, Absolutely. I, I cut my finger off. Can you stitch a pipe on here, please? Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> There's a movie waiting to be waiting to happen right there. Right? right? Fucking Edward Pipe Hands. I can see that. <laughs> Full Moon is working on it right now as we speak. I was Probably. thinking more like, <laughs> I was thinking Evil Dead. You, have, you know, instead of the, the chainsaw hand, you have a bong. Mad Mel, you being an executive producer on the Ginger Weed Man, you need to pitch that immediately. <laughs> right, I should. 
You know, well, it's, it's funny because one of the arguments, not to go back to this, but one of the arguments that AMC was using was that our All Red, I don't know if you're familiar with what All Red is. In, yeah, probably. Uh, in the comic? In, in the comic. Okay. Was it, a car? was it a car or a gun? No, All Red is a four-foot bong with eight-inch gutter spikes oh. through it. Oh, I've seen the picture. Okay. You guys can and, take a picture with it. And AMC that was trying to say that it was too much like Lucille. Oh, Jesus. Well, I, I can see where they're coming from with that, but I wouldn't argue it. You know what I mean? All right. Well, ready, ready for this. So Lucille supposedly was original. That was their original idea until we threw it at them that um, Mick Foley used it in 1986 in the first Hell in the, Hell in the Cell match. Yeah. Where he brought yep. a baseball bat in wrapped in barbed wire. And actually, we have a picture of Jeff with Mick Foley and the bat against Jeff's head. Yep. So, when ex- yeah, when exactly was the walking, then the walking dead uh, graphic novel, when exactly did that pop on the scene? Do you guys know? Late 90s. So, like, realistically, you guys were ahead of before that. No, no, okay. no, no. We couldn't argue that point because we hadn't we hadn't actually written the story yet okay. and stuff like that. We were doing the t-shirts uh, from the uh, the you know the medicinal and the uh, yeah economical side of the cannabis right. plant, you know. But we threw everything at them. Yeah. You know, they keep saying you know, original, original, original. Well, 1936 was the first movie called The Walking Dead. Right. It starred Boris Karloff. You yeah, know, that's so what. Don't, you know, don't throw your fucking originality <coughs> shit at me because nothing you did was original. Right. I mean, that's no. a crazy argument, you know, to have with it. It's like, you know, you can take the Romero zombie movie should be suing them up their ass. And, you know, well, they, 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 they were did. told to stop by <laughs> Romero. They were told. Yeah, yeah. because the really? original the original title of the Walking Dead comic series was not the Walking Dead. No, no. It was called George Romero's The Walking Dead. No, it was nope. called Night of the Living Dead. Really? Yep. And, and Romero stepped wow. in and said, no, you can't do that. Hey, don't that make you upset that they they had they felt the liberty to steal fucking the exact name like that? <laughs> and then they went after you guys, those scumbags? Well, we, we, we pushed that issue, but to no avail. Like you said, you know, in this country, unfortunately, money talks. Yeah. You know, and it's who can you grease? Um, I like to be greased. Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, we're all, we're announcing our new film, <laughs> Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. That's coming soon. So next, next, year, <laughs> if, if, next year, if we can all gather, you know, we can have like a giant jello pit or something. For shizzle. That For way shizzle. we can get I prefer, I prefer pudding. Are you Bill Cosby? Too soon, too soon, too soon. Oh, man. Have a coke and a smile. <laughs> wow. so, Don't bring any, no happy endings, though. You, you know, then that's going to be another thing that we'll get you know canceled for. So I can you, take care of that myself. <laughs> you guys are uh, you guys are label mates with us over at the Dorkling Network. How'd that uh, come about with you guys? Label mates. Yeah, we're all part of the same grouping, you know, the same label, if you will, the dork. Yep, yep. We, um, you know, we just, I don't know. That was Ben. When Ben, see, ben <laughs> approached me, yeah. Ben approached me, what, about a year and a half ago. Yeah, it was about a, year ago, this, a year ago in December. Yeah, about, you know, doing this live show. And, and, and I'm like, no. And I went, <laughs> yeah. 
I, 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 I literally said no. We you know, one, though. <laughs> well, uh, you know, me being me, I'm like, okay, it's not my gig. You know, you want to do that. I'll, I'll, let's, let's, I'll give it a shot. Yeah. Okay. I don't get involved in the getting the guests and this and that. And, you know, that's just not my gig. You know what I mean? But after we did a couple of shows, uh, we clicked just the way that we interact with each other. People seem to like it. So we made Leo blush every show. I mean, that was like the goal, you know, so it just, you know, I just decided that, well, okay, you know, and you know, you'll see some of the shows where I'm just not into it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and, and that's probably why, um, you know, I come out with some of the dumbest freaking shit that anybody would say, to some of our guests. I mean, I told Timmy Capella that I was going to stuff his sacks up his ass. Really? Yeah. 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 How do you, how do you react? Live. <laughs> yeah. He said, he said, okay, you can do that. But when I find you, I'm going to shove it up your ass. And I said, I, I said, Timmy, I got his address here. Let me send it to you. <laughs> That's pretty quick thinking for live. You know, get well, on the spot like that, you know, you know, well, I'm very good off the cuff. Yeah, you know, and some of these shows, I won't necessarily say a lot, but I'll come out with zingers, you know, and I even make Ben try and hide behind his screen <laughs> with some of the shit that I come out with, and that's why it works. That's why I yeah. say, you know, I'm more of the comic relief when it comes to the show, but depending on who the guest is, I'll be very interactive and very inquisitive. You know what I mean? Some of the guests, I just want to beat the hell out of them and give them a bunch of shit. That's what I do. <laughs> I want to see their reaction. They they yeah. can't reach me through the screen, so they, you know. There you go. You know, and I don't think uh, I don't think we've ever had anybody that um, didn't appreciate it. Actually, yeah. right, right. Most people give it right back. Well, yeah, most of them, and most of them are horrified. They just don't know what to say. Of course, right. You know, and Leo turns red every show. So, <laughs> yeah, Leo's usually red. You know, That's I mean, we just we just actually we connected with Leo at Super Mega Fest a couple years ago, uh, where he saw us doing an interview right after the premiere issue, mm-hmm. and um, he wanted the next day he wanted the interview with us, and so they did the interview with us the next day, and uh, we just kind of clicked. You know how you can just click with somebody, right? You know, kind of like how when I met you guys, you know what I mean? We just kind of clicked. It was yeah. like you know these are good people, you know. Um, yeah, it wasn't until like what a year and a half, two years later that we even considered doing our own show. Well, right, right. Well, we yeah, and it all actually the whole live show came about all because of one person, and that was Philo Barnhart. Now I don't know if you guys are familiar with Philo Barnhart. He's oh, a no. he's a he's a second generation Disney legend. Um, his parents worked for Walt Disney. He worked for Walt Disney. He worked for Hanna Barbera. He was involved in like Scooby Doo and a bunch of shit like that. But he actually created the Little Mermaid. That was his creation. Oh, wow. And um, he worked on The Secret of Nim, Rescue Was Down Under. I mean, if you go to his his page and his website, you'll be totally blown away by the shit this guy's done. Yeah. Long story short, we were sitting at a con and we were chatting with him. And he was telling us about how he had done three or four interviews in 2019 about The Little Mermaid because it was the 30th anniversary. I said, oh, well, that's pretty cool. He goes, yeah, but they never add him. They never, they never went out to the public. 
for whatever reason, whether the audio didn't come out or the interview didn't really go the way they wanted it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so I talked to Jeff and I said, dude, I mean, this guy's a legend. He, this, he's a true legend um, when it comes to animation in, in Disney. I said, not to mention, it's he, he created a Little Mermaid, but he also worked on the original Star Trek motion picture, oh, which was on its 40th anniversary. So let's just do a show on him. Yeah. What the fuck? What do we got to lose? So we did it, and um, it kind of it just kind of spiraled from there. I mean, we started getting some decent guests, like you, you know, like Jeremy Palco, and um, then we decided to do some cannabis style stuff, and we got um, Playboy Playboy Playmate um, Kerry Parker, who had brain cancer and was using RSO to fight it, and it was working. So we got her all the way from the UK. Yeah, I heard about the RSO. It's like super high. High yeah. Dosage, right? yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and we actually, if you go to our website, we have a ton of fucking shows with people that actually use RSO and for cancer. Yeah, on our website that we've interviewed. Yeah, yeah, and they and they they pull out the fucking PET scans. They put them right up on the screen for the viewers, and they're like, "This was me six months ago. This is me now." For sure. And you go, yeah. "Holy shit! Wow!" And they tell you exactly what they did. It doesn't work for everybody. Right, right. You know, and it, it works for certain people. You know, it, it because of because of that, and just because of what we're doing, we've kind of we're creating a platform that people are actually starting to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and be and, and that's why I'm I'm okay with let's let's move this forward as much as we can to get the word out there to try and help as many people because right. there's a lot of people out there that don't know anything about the uh you know the RSO and the cannabis and not that all our shows were about that you know what i mean right. and a lot of guests we don't even talk about cannabis yeah you know what i mean um and unlike a lot of the podcasts out there we're not stuck in a genre right where everything from you know like the, you know the Philo Barnhart Disney legend to Playboy Playmates to uh, people that create RSO, people that make it and, and make the medicine, uh, you know, to uh, bands like Liliac mm-hmm. uh, that are up and coming. And, 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 you know, and then nobody's that nobody knows just because we want to have fun with them and help them get their name out. Right. If it's yeah. a good story, man, you know, if it's a good story, then everybody's down for a good story. It doesn't matter if, if it's you telling the story, Matt, or, or Melissa, or, Fucking John Schneider's wife from the Dukes of Hazard, which we had a couple weeks ago. It doesn't matter if the story is good; people will watch it. Yeah. So that's kind of how we got hooked up with Leo. He saw the big picture mm. of what we were trying to do. Not to mention, just you know, not the the, broad, the broadcast show, but he's a comic book geek and he loved what we were doing with the comics. Yeah. You know. Well, yeah, you guys got out there and do it. I can't really think of any other people locally that like well yeah like Derek Rook and them do their comics and stuff but there's like there's uh there's not a lot of folks that kind of do it and I think anybody that sees people doing it has respect for them doing it you know what I mean right well the thing the funny thing is is you know uh we came out and we broke the mold and the 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 reason we were able to do that was because we didn't grow up with it yeah we went into the comic book industry knowing nothing so we didn't have those blinders on saying, you got to do it this way. You got to do it this way. This is how you do this. This is how you do that. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. So there was no holds barred. We, we just did what we wanted to do. Yeah. I think yeah. we're the first indie comic ever 
to have issue number one funded by advertising. Fully funded. Fully funded. Fully funded and paid for the artwork, which was done by Joe St. Pierre. The cover, right. Yeah. So Joe St. Pierre did the cover. If you're not familiar with him, he did all the number one selling Spider-Mans in history for Marvel. Yeah. Wow. You know. You know, and, and I, he, I, you know, I did that same thing when I went to work for the furniture company. I'm a woodworker, but I was a house builder. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted to get away from it, so I went uh, and applied at a, a furniture company making 18th century Victorian furniture. And the guy asked me, "Well, it, have you ever made furniture before?" I said, "No." Well, why do you want to work here? I said, "Because you need me." Mm-hmm. I took a pay cut, big time pay cut. He brought me into his shop. Showed me a couple of things. Uh, six months later, I was the foreman of that shop. And a year later, I was his lead carver over people that had been there for 15 years. Because I didn't have a preset on how things were supposed to be done. Right. And I came in with fresh eyes and a fresh approach. And I changed things. Yeah. You know what I mean? For the better. Right. Well, yeah, definitely having an open mind on it is key. Going, it's going into it, uh, you know, an already established machine, trying to do it your way and going against the gears is definitely not. It doesn't work. always work. Yeah, you know what I mean. Oh yeah, it doesn't always work, but you know, uh, and there's a couple of things that you know we've we've known each other so long that you know I'm never afraid to try anything. Yeah. Well, there are a couple of limitations to that, but we're not going to say, we're not going to go down that road. Okay. Um, and we're not afraid to ask, you know, when we had, uh, Joe do the cover of issue one, we had people, how'd you get St. Pierre to do your cover? So we fucking asked him, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? What you did? I was like, what the fuck? What's he going to say? No. Okay. Don't ever be afraid to ask. You know, That's take that risk. Great advice yeah, for anybody listening, you know, and take that step. All the worst that can happen is you can say no. Right. You know, and if, yeah, you're you mar- if, if, you're, if you're married or if you've been with somebody for a, a really long time, you hear no on a regular basis. It's not yeah. a big deal. Right. And you know how to take care of it yourself. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Word up. Persistence shout, out Leo, shout out Leo Pond. Shout out Leo Pond. Shout out Leo Pond in the darkening. Yep. Yeah. So, like, I know, I know you guys have, uh, you know, chefs on there that cook with, like, weed-infused weed foods. I think that's cool. Um, what's some of your favorite foods you've seen? I know on YouTube I'll, I'll catch myself going down a rabbit hole. There's a rapper. I forget which rapper it is, but he's got, like, a show where the whole show is him just finding, like, the most ridiculously expensive things that weed goes into. So he'll have like he'll smoke like an eighty thousand dollar blunt that's made for like Illuminati people having cookouts or whatever the fuck it's about. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know who's Hill, I think that he has he has a cooking show that be real. Be real's the man. Listen, yeah, if, if he if you if you're listening to this and you can afford to smoke an eighty thousand dollar blunt, oh yeah, we are always looking for sponsors. Oh, absolutely, forty thousand. We'll take the rest. <laughs> the same. Just that's a horrifying thing. And I'll gift you a bag of regular weed. Right? What's funny, the, 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 same, the same celebrity that smokes $80,000 blunts tells everybody that they should donate to charity and doesn't do it themselves. I was going to say, we're charity. Donate to us. <laughs> no. I mean, look. Oh, no, this shirt doesn't have holes in it. I wore my good shirt tonight. <laughs> you got a good shirt? Man. 
Now, my underwear has holes, but that's on purpose. Once things get normal, you have me and Mel on the show. We can have, we can eat weed food. We'll do you know, weed um, food. You know, that'll be nice. Yes, but yeah, cooking. Great, uh, getting great with that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, cooking with cannabis. It's been, it's 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 been being done for many, many, many years. Yeah. Uh, you know, we know a lot of people that, um, you know, make edibles and and you know, when people think edibles, they think candies, gummies, brownies, cookies. Right. Lollipops, all the basic shit. All the basic stuff, okay? Um, but we had uh, the mass cannabis chefs on, and they made an infused dinner of, with homemade udon noodles, and you know, it was a it's a gourmet meal. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, and and it's it's coming to that because people are working for it and they're working for it. You know what I mean? Uh, I I know guys now that are you know they make cakes, they make pies, they do you know. Um, buffalo the, the mac hard, and cheese. Buffalo mac and cheese. You know what I mean. Uh, the hard <laughs> part about, and and I want to say this because the the most difficult thing about the edible world is dosage. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it's controlling that dosage and making sure that it's correct. And most people don't know what their own limitations are. Okay. Um, you know, some people are like low dosers. You know what I mean? And it depends on what, like me, it depends on what I'm doing. Sometimes I want 10 or 20 milligrams. Bullshit. You never do 10 or 20. It's always. Yeah, I do. No, no sometimes I want 25, 50. You know, I'm the 5 No, and if I'm at a Comic Con, I like 10 to 20 during the day. Um, but at night, if I want to kill it, I'll go up to 75. I know I've done over 150. That's not a good idea for me. But I also know people that can, they'll, they'll just consume a thousand and they're fine. Oh, yeah. We've all probably met those people that have just become so like, you know, not bothered by it that they didn't right. need fucking handfuls of them. You know? You know? Yeah. And I've also, I've also researched and talked to people as well that, uh, your people's tolerances can be different. There's actually people out there that edibles doesn't do a fucking thing for. Right, because their metabolism won't absorb it the right way, or however it works. I don't. I'm not a scientist. I don't understand I, that I had, kind of stuff. I had weight loss surgery, so since I had the weight loss surgery, I've even noticed that like edibles hit me way quicker. I can sit and smoke a whole blunt to the face and be fine, but I can have like a small piece of a brownie, and I'll be high instantly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. You know. Um, so I'm, I'm very leery when it comes to the edibles. I'm not afraid of getting, you know, rocket blasted high, but I need to be in a situation where I know I'm safe and I'll be all right and I'll be able right. to handle it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when we were filming the other night, uh, last week or two weeks ago, or whatever, down at the studio, we did a live show. You know, <laughs> uh, it was a, it was a new product and, and I'll tell you what, man. Jeff literally sat there for an hour and 15 minutes of the live show like this. <laughs> no, I did say a few things because I was down in the, um, I was down in the laboratory. The laboratory set, yes. Yeah, I was down in the laboratory set. And I just kept hearing like weird noises and like there's things around me, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I was kind of fucking with people too, but you know, I mean, I was just really high. I was too yeah, high. Yeah. Oh yeah, after the show, he walked, the, the studio down in New York is... I don't know, fucking 350, you were three, about 350 feet away. So it was just over a football field away from me. Um, he walked down, handed me the keys and goes, you need to drive. 
Yeah. I was like, what? He's a responsible guy. You know, responsible. Oh yeah. You know, how do you, how do you guys prefer to uh, intake your weed? By, when 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 smoking or eating, what's your favorite way to do it? Smoke, smoke. Now, see, I prefer the edibles now. I'm getting yeah. away from. I don't smoke nearly what I used to. Yeah, you know, I just don't. Maybe probably because you know I'm in my mid to late fifties and I've been smoking all my life, and it just you know I'll I'll take a couple of hits here and there, but that's about it. You know what I mean? Is it more of a health um, reason or just you're getting grown out of the smoking aspect? I'm, I'm growing out of it and I kinda like I kinda like the edible high better. More of a body high. You know, it's more of a body high. It know. relaxes me more, you know what I mean? But like I said, you gotta you know, you gotta be careful. I mean, you know, these there's people out there that are making edibles, they have no fucking idea what they're doing. Right. You know what I mean? Here, try this. Well, how many yeah, yeah. milligrams is it? Well, I don't know. I used to stick a butter. Well, how much weed did you use to make the butter? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> when they say killed their dog, they take that as a good thing. Right. <laughs> My dog you know, ate I, a gummy and he died. You know, and I always have CBD handy because that will help. Now, what is that? Like a rubber? What exactly is CBD? Well, Oil CBD. Or, what is that story? Uh, you can get CBD in any form. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you, can, you can get CBD flour so you can smoke it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get the oils in the tinctures. You can get CBD gummies. You can get CBD candy bars. Okay. Um, you can get CBD. You can make CBD butter and put it on your fucking toast in the morning. Yeah. It works the same way. Gas station and buy it. Yeah. But don't ever do that. No, no. don't do that. Yeah. But, you know, no head, no head high. You just get more of what a body high with it. The there's no high. high at all. There's no, no high, high at all. No, no, not with CBD. No. No, what it does for me, and it, and it works differently for a lot of different people. Right. Yeah. Um, I use I use CBD daily. Um, it helps my sciatic back pain, so I take a lot less ibuprofen yeah. than I used to. Okay, because uh, I just don't like to take that kind of shit. Yeah. Um, the CBD will relax you. You know, and then there's CBG. You know what I mean? There's different. Uh, there's different things that different are compounds. different compounds from the plants that people are starting to work with. I don't know all the ins and outs about it. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, but there's some, there's some fantastic people out there that are, are, are doing the work and are doing what, you know, uh, what they need to do. All right. To educate and, and help people out. Okay. Um, the combination is getting more popular. Okay. Instead of just rolling a bone with your, you know, white widow weed, uh-huh. mix it 50-50 with some uh, CBD or CBG flour. Okay. Uh, and you'll get a more relaxed type of a high. It's, it's different. Okay. You know what I mean? Uh, but I use it for pain. I have roll-ons. I have gummies. You know, I have tinctures. And it's all yeah. CBD. Yeah. You know, when my back flares up, I use the roll-on, 2,000-milligram roll-on. Hmm. You know, it's a temporary relief. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it works great. And your body absorbs it. It's meant to. That's that's part of the thing. Yeah. You know, your body has all kinds of cannabinoid receptors in it. That's why it fucking works. Yeah. Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> and Benny likes roasting his weed into smoke. 
Yeah, but I also you use know? CBD, like Jeff said. I use CBD yeah. regularly every day. Um, same thing, you know, sciatic back pain is where it started. After about six months of doing a CBD regimen, I don't take Motrin 800s. Right. At all. Well, I take them every once in a while now because I fucked my knee up filming, but that's, you know, a little bit different. But for the, Yeah. Go ahead. The CBD. CBD is something that's been around forever, like with, you know, it just be, it's more so a bigger deal now, but it's been around forever. Is it something that just kind of popped off now? Them well, no, it's been around. It's been around for a long, long time. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah it has. Older, older medicine in the seventies. Those guys that walk around with the medicine man bag, you know, right? Killing everybody. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Everybody. Yeah. You know, absolutely. I mean, they they have found cannabis inside two thousand year old tombs. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Smoke that. That'd be fun. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't ferment like booze, dude. I know. Yeah, yeah. No, it doesn't work that way. You know? I think it might have lost it, lost its luster by that point. If, you if know, it, when it hits your lungs, it does beautiful things. It, yeah, it it's called mold spores. You grow, you grow roses on your lungs. It's very beautiful. Yeah. Right, right. Why yeah, am I, mean, I shitting know, fire? I mean, when I was a kid, it was you know brickweed. Yeah. When I was growing up, it was brown. You know what I mean? Most of it was seeds and sticks, and it was bullshit, and blah, blah, blah. You yourself. You, you, you deal yeah, with well, that's the, all right. That's kind of how it was, though, I mean, I, whenever I talk to folks that are a little bit older than me, I always hear of this, this fabled tie stick that was, like, the greatest thing in the world. That well, lamb's yeah, breath. Um, yeah. yeah, the tie stick, tie weed. Um, I used to get that stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, and that was, that was the creme of the creme. Uh, in today's world, with all the genetics and everything that these growers are doing out there, I mean, you got to realize that uh, they're cross-pollinating and, and they're making genetics. And they're, what, they're, what they're trying to do is get certain strains to be specific for certain ailments or for certain things. Yeah. You know what I mean? My sister-in-law, rest her soul, um, when she needed to clean her house, she would smoke pot. And clean the fucking house. Sure, focus, yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, where other, you know, different strains, you know, like the, the couch potato kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it, so it, 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 it all has its use. It all has its um, uh, designated, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, uh, it depends on what you want to do. If you want to relax and you're going to go to sleep, you don't want to smoke. The fucking weed that's going to make you bounce off the walls and make right. you run out and wash your fucking car at 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So, and, and they're, they're, they're getting really good at that stuff. You know, that's, whole, that's all part of the education of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? The dispensaries will catch up, but they're a little bit behind the eight ball as far as that goes. My opinion is the dispensaries don't give a shit about education. They just want people to go in and buy their shit. That's all they care about. Yeah. Sounds about right. You know? Dude, I'm I'm totally fucking digging the inspector gadget drawing behind you, Maddie. I'm just saying. Thank you, yeah. sir. Mikey Bone Road will shout he drew that and shout him out an artiste, a juggalo artist, actually. Believe it in believe it, that's a hatchet man um inspector gadget mashup. Right. Oh, Mel just died. Oh my goodness. She lost her battery. I know. Well she's on Man, the- somebody stole your battery. Mel, you there? Oh no, she's gone. Oh. Yeah, she gone. 
We're still. No, she's back. Mel Potter's in the building. Somewhere. There she is. Time slipped. Mel Potter, you time slipped. I dig it. Yeah, that wasn't fun. Uh... <laughs> you want me I was to say, click over? Did you have to poop? No, like, every, I think there's, everybody's home. So, like, all the internet is, you know, whatever, the bandwidth, whatever's all being accessed right now at the same time. Because well. I was fine up until everybody came home. Yeah, all's well with that. Yeah, the um, what were we just talking about? Something. Yeah, I know. Oh, I, I I made comment about your inspector gadget. Oh, the inspe- inspector hatchet. I love that thing. <laughs> who, who who drew that? Uh, Mikey Bone Road, uh, artist from Pennsylvania, a juggalo okay. artist. Um, he did that. He also did the. That's uh, a super soaker gun with a Fago bottle in it for anybody out there that's getting down with some ice. Yeah, that was dope. Yeah, the Fago bottles. Yeah, if we, we posted up a picture a couple, maybe like a year ago, um, of S- a Sid Hag bucket of chicken. And he's the same guy that did that Sid Hag bucket of chicken thing. Nice. So, you know, like outside of the le- the legality of things, since you guys were like teenagers smoking weed, how much do you think things have changed from that time to where we're at today? Um, honestly, uh, I think that, I think people are becoming more aware. All right. Uh, I mean, one of the fastest growing demographics is, um, the elderly that are using cannabis, but that's also the generation that was at fucking Woodstock. So it just makes sense. Right. Okay. Uh, I can't get my acid. Fuck it. Give me the weed. I know. You know, and I think that, uh, they're. Back in the day, I didn't smoke pot for medicinal uses. I, you know, it just, it was meant to get fucking stoned. Right. Period. There was no medicinal, you know, you didn't even talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think it's a good thing that, you know, uh, people are starting to open their eyes up. And, you know, I, there's still, there's still a lot of hesitation out there. You know what I mean? Uh, because there's that, that stigma, that aura of, you know, it's a drug. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, but so's, so's alcohol. So, I mean, you know, let's face it, you know. Yeah. Uh, but even Big Farm is, is trying to push um, synthetic cannabis. So instead of using the real shit, they're trying to make it in the fucking lab. What the fuck exactly. is wrong with you people? Exactly, yeah. They want to make it their, their weed. Wow, man! And, like, and they did you did you see that shit? His face just got all red. His head puffed up. He looked like fucking Scanners here for a minute. Yeah, <laughs> I'm saying, I'm saying, it's coming. You know, well, it's, it's coming. And, and, yeah, you know, it's um, you know, we're trying to uh, obviously do what we do. They want to make it so it is addictive, and you know, it becomes like everything else that Big Farm pushes on people. You know, so that they can actually say it is a gateway drug, and it kind of have some kind of a standing because like usually, i don't know about anybody else but the only gateway that weed opens for me is the fucking refrigerator Ooh, ah. right or, or the telephone like, when you when you order and take out exactly because yeah. like you're, you're too high to get off the couch to go to the fridge <laughs> yep, exactly i've had those nights too yeah. just, just bring it to me yep leave it right on the table i'll be out there the money will be out there somewhere for your tip but, you yeah. know, well, I, th- I think that, you know, um, that option needs to be there for people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And the, and the government really, they really fucked it up when they came and, and they, 
they uh, classified it, it, it like it's a cocaine or a heroin. Right. You know, that was a huge, huge mistake. You know what I mean? And even even the younger generation now, these, these kids that are in their 20s and stuff, it's been instilled in them. You know, and, and a lot of them don't want to touch it. Is that a good thing? Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. You know what I mean? But the medicinal aspects of it for, for health reasons is the most important thing about this uh, this cannabis world as we're growing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, everybody just thinks it's something to get high with, and it's not. You That's think- a side effect. Yeah. There you go. You you think in like 10, 20 years, weed will still be something that you can get on the street, or you think it'll just go straight corporate? Because um, you got to figure what <laughs> corporation t- ties in. And the, the crackdown on, on the street weed will be even bigger, bigger than just legal. Now you're talking about <laughs> well, money. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think that um, uh, I'd like to see it kind of go the way that, uh, and this may sound really weird, uh, but I think it, I'd like to see it go the way of like a liquor store, but it's a cannabis store. Yeah. Okay. Uh, where you go into, you know, somebody's cannabis store. Yeah. You know, and it could be a mar. You know, most most liquor stores are mile power operations. Mm-hmm. Okay, you don't have big corporate liquor stores unless you're down south with ABCs and stuff like that. Okay, but at least around here, you know, I go down to you know uh, the the corner liquor store and I can pick Budweiser, Michelob, or or, or you know any any one of a dozen different vodkas and this that and the other. And I'd like to see it go that route. Okay, where your store that you own and you can buy from multiple different distributors, the ones that you want to carry. Okay, because the last thing that and I've had this talk with people, uh, you know, oh, well, you know, my edibles are better than yours and blah, 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 blah. And you go into a dispensary and they carry one brand and it's usually theirs. Okay, there's no choices. Even when I go into Walmart and I want to buy a case of soda, I can pick anything. Right. And I think that's where it needs to get to. You know what I mean? That's my opinion. I think people will argue argue with me about that. You know, go ahead because it's going to go zip, zip, and I'm not going to pay attention because that's just how I think it. I like choices. Right. You know what I mean? If I go into a, if I go into a store and I want to buy a, a 200 milligram freaking THC candy bar, I might want to buy it from this company, this company, this company. Oh, you know, well, I tried this one last time. Let me try this one. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like I think of having the same thing all the time. Well, right. right. Exactly. You know what I mean? And if they don't do that, it's just going to keep the black market fueled. Yeah. Because people want fucking choices. They don't want to be limited. You know what I mean? And I understand that uh, from a business point of view, uh, you know, they want you to buy their product. I get that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you go back to the Coca- Coca-Cola and the Pepsi Wars and this, that, and the other. But when I want to buy a cola, I can buy RC. I can buy Polar. I can buy Pepsi. I can buy Coke. You see what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's where it needs to get to. You know what I mean? You can't crush the competition. The competition is what's going to make this industry grow. 
well, and there's like, too many people out there trying to crush competition. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, I understand that that's the name of the game. Yeah. You know, uh, but you can't, you can't do that. It's not going to work. You got to have competition. You take like the Vince McMahon thing. Uh, Vince McMahon with WWF back in the day would help fund WCW. Uh, no, what was it? Not uh, ECW. It helped give them financially help them because having multiple federations was good for business. You know what I mean? Well, right, exactly. You know, and I don't, I don't care what product you're talking about. There's always variety. There's always choices. Yeah. You know what I mean? When you need tires for your car, you're not stuck with just Firestone. Right. You have choices, yeah. and you can get those choices from most tire companies. Yeah, you know what I mean. They sell tires. You can buy Goodrich. You can buy Michelin. I mean, it's the same thing. It's all the same thing, and they're trying to make it separate. And I don't understand why. Right. So, and that's my two cents on the corporate world that's fucking up the cannabis industry. That thing you said about liquor stores and. Um... Like franchises is weird. I'm surprised that there isn't a liquor store franchise throughout the whole country. The way you have a McDonald's or any you know any other big franchise that's just every single town has one because every street has a liquor store. You know what I mean? Maybe it's because of that because you know there's so much competition out there. Uh, everybody has the you know they have their favorite local liquor store that they all go to. You know what I mean? Well, right, and and just like you know, just like that that, that industry. Um, you know, you have your uh, microbreweries. Yeah. You see what I mean? And microbreweries, they compete against your big beer companies, you know, Anheuser-Busch and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but again, it's choices for people, you know, and not everybody's going to succeed. That's the corporate world. You make a good product and you market yourself right and you can get it into the store, then you're going to be all right. You see what I mean? Because these liquor stores, that's what they do. You know what I mean? You look at what uh, Sam Adams did out of Boston. You know, same kind of thing. But Anheuser-Busch, companies like that, they don't like that because you're stealing from their market. Well, go fuck yourself. That's too fucking bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm always for the little guy. Always, always, always. Got and it. I really hope, I really hope that as this industry uh, grows and expands that they work with these, these smaller companies. You know, there are some fantastic people out there that make incredible edibles. Yeah. Um, exactly. <laughs> you know, they, they really do. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? So don't, don't, don't try and crush them. Yeah. Work with them, help them, get them into your dispensaries. You know what I mean? Give people choices and let, let the people decide what they want to buy. You know what I mean? For sure. Six months later, oh, well, your products aren't selling very well. We're not going to carry them anymore. Okay. That's how it goes. Right. But yeah, give everybody that awesome. fucking opportunity. Hell yeah. So, yeah. All right. What else you want to know? I know real quickly, <laughs> guys, dropped the first episode of your show. Uh, today, was it? Or yesterday? Yep. Let's hear well, that. it went out kind of like yesterday to a certain select people. I hear you. I hear you. So, and it went, but, out, it went out public today. It went out public today. Where can yeah. people check that out? Go to stilltoking.com. 
uh, under behind the scenes or filming. Yeah. There's a link there um, on our main page on Facebook. I got the links up on that. Uh, yeah. I mean, it'll float around. You'll find it. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember, I remember hearing about this a while back. This is always a great idea. How'd this whole, how'd it come about from the paper to the screen? Persistence. Go ahead, Ben. <laughs> persistence, persistence, persistence. Yeah. Um, no, we, um, I, don't, I honestly don't fucking know, to be honest with you. We, we just kept our heads down. You know, we pumped out issue two, issue three. We were releasing issue four of the comic. Um, after issue two came out, or right before issue two came out, we got into a conversation with Bill Diamond, and he brought up a, a a Ziffit zombie, which is a plant that he created like 20 years ago. And he's like, hey, I'd like to draw a couple panels for your comic book. And we were like, well, okay, why? Like, why would somebody of your caliber want to work with somebody like us? And he said, I love the concept of what you're doing. And I think that my Ziffit zombies, which I could turn into cannabis plants that come to life, um, will work. I, I, I have an outlet after 20 years of how this could work. So... He started drawing panels in issue two, repeated in issue three. Issue four was getting ready to come out, and he was doing uh, panels for issue four. And we got to talk, and we told him that um, we had talked to another producer, and they were very interested in doing a short film for us. They gave us a certain amount, you know, a certain price. Um, unfortunately, that producer didn't really do what they say they were going to do, and things didn't work out. And we were sitting with Bill, and he, uh, he said, you know, with this whole COVID thing happening, let's do it. Let's let's give it a whirl and see what happens. So we were like, cool, let's do a short film and blah, blah, blah. We sent him, you know, basically the script, which was the comic books. And we went down to have a meeting with him. And he said, you know, I'm not going to film a short for you. And we were like, what do you mean? And he says, um, this ain't a short. This is a series. So basically, you know, issue one is a 25-minute episode. Yeah. Issue two is a 25-minute episode. It's a TV series, you know? And we were like, oh, okay. We don't fuck. It's just like comic books. We knew nothing about the film industry. Yeah. You know, but Bill, um, Bill, he's just, he's, he's just one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet when it comes to taking people under his wing um, that worked their ass off. Right. You know, he well, watches. Yeah. Well, I was going to say the, the important thing you forgot there was um, about two and a half, three years ago, we went and talked to Bill. Yeah. About doing filming. And he basically said, you're not ready. Well, you're yeah. not ready. You're not ready. You're not ready. He he wanted to see us prove ourselves. We weren't a flash in the pan. We worked hard. We kept going and going and going and going. So he wanted to see that drive because it's the only thing that's going to make it work. Yeah. You know, so, you know, you know, thank you. Kudos to Bill. You know, I know you, you kind of took us under your wing, but, you know, don't throw me out of the nest because I can't fly yet. <laughs> he's trying he's trying right right that's all that matters you know 
I mean, me and Ben, if we've talked, you know, we know what our goals are. Mm-hmm. We we know what our ultimate goals are. You know, we didn't expect to start filming anything for another two years. Right. You know, that was that was our layout. That was our game plan. You know, yeah. but things are moving a little bit faster. And that's okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, it can be it can be difficult to keep up with. Uh, and then since the filming started, well, now all of a sudden we're building a town. Right. You know, inside the studio. Studio's nice. Get the work, shoot in a studio. You know. Get mauling. Um, <laughs> well, literally, when it's all said and done, the game plan is to have a 250-foot 200, town consisting of, I think it's 16 blocks of buildings Yeah, to create a town. Basically, it's a filming set. Yeah. That's completely movable, adjustable. You can, you can set it the way that you want to set it. Yeah. Um, you know, and part of the reason for that is it's extremely expensive to go out and shut down a town so that you can film in it. Even more so now during COVID. Right. You got police details. You got this. You got permits. You got all this crap. And, you know, that was Bill's idea. And it can be built to suit what's in the comic book. Building a town sounds pretty expensive as well. Well, and and again, we have to approach this with, um, you know, open eyes and open minds. Uh, you know, the first, the first block is built. And when I say a block, a block consists basically of, uh, about 20, was it 26 to 28 feet wide? Yeah. Uh, and Store 18 fronts. to 20 feet tall. And yeah. it's storefronts. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the first act- block. Not the actual full structures for anybody out there listening that doesn't know what the store, just the, the storefront, just it's a, a movie front, set. the face of the house. Or it's, building. A it's a movie like, set. Yeah. Right. Right. It's built as a movie set, Um, you know, and for filming purposes, you know, I mean, Bill knows all about that stuff. You know, it's like, no, you can't do that. You got to do it this way. But the whole thing is basically uh, uh, it's modular so that it can get shifted around. It's on wheels. It can get moved, Um, you know, and it's the first block was the stepping stone. We had to get that one covered. Okay. Uh, and we had, uh, we had three companies step up to sponsor that first block. Okay. So they sponsored the first block. That's, that's what pays for it. But now their businesses are part of that town. Right. Their logos, their store names will be on those storefronts. That's a good idea. And it's, and it's not just for filming for, uh, what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Okay, but as backdrops for any kind of future stuff that's going to come down the line, which is already starting to happen. Oh, so you guys can keep it up, like keep the setup, or you're gonna to have to break it down. No, it'll oh no, stay this, there. Is, this is, this still, is oh, like, okay, cool. Oh yeah, yeah. it's gonna cool. stay there. So that oh, you know, it can be used as a set for or whatever, yeah. um, a music video, yep. a car commercial, or whatever. Right? Can we do you know Alexander I mean? Hawk takes Manhattan? <laughs> and have him tear it up. That'd be the best. Well, that would be a miniature. Yeah. We're talking you know about I mean? 
he, he, we have miniature, but he's he, his high caliber skill, high caliber skill. Yes. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, absolutely. You know, and that's a lot of fun. And, and, you know, Ben and I travel to New York twice a month now. We yeah. go down, we go down for uh, four days and we work on the set. We're building the set. Yeah. As you go. It's a cool you know, thing. I dig that, you know. You know, so we build it. Uh, yeah. And then the next time we go down, it's three or four days of filming. So every yeah. couple of weeks, we're down in New York. We're down in New York. And, you know, uh, once you see uh, episode one, which is out and available now, okay, uh, you'll see how interactive we get with our sponsors. Right. Yeah. Because that's important, you know what I mean? Of course. I mean, these people are actually in it. You know what I mean? The very For the very first episode, we've got GRE, you know, and, and, and Sean plays a zombie, and, and Mary Palmer, and uh, uh, Green Matters, and, and, you know, all the rest of these people that got involved. Yeah. We invite them down, you know what I mean? And we throw we, them in the Hudson. We yeah. threw our lawyer in the Hudson. I mean, it was fun. I like that. Well, you you know what they say, you know, some things fall apart so better things can fall together. Right? That was beautiful. Well, <laughs> we, we unfortunately, we, we're trying, I know it, it, it's, it's marijuana time, but we, 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 got, we got other people with us, and we're going to bring them in. We, we, would you guys like to stay with us? I'm actually going to bounce because I'm waiting to eat dinner, man. I'm starving. All right, I figure, I know we had you guys on for a big, lengthy time, and I don't want <laughs> to cut it like that, but no, that's cool. We appreciate it. Hey, we appreciate the weed education. We'll have you guys back on again. And Jeff, I'm going to put you in a movie soon. I would have got both of you would have been great. I don't know why that didn't work out, but we'll put you in a movie soon. Ben, we'll put you in a movie again. I, I, I can play a good rock or a centipede. He can play a great human centipede. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. See, I support that. You know. <laughs> Duke the Rock Johnson coming this summer. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, my name's not Ball Slayer by accident. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Ball that's a, there should be a big yeah, anime. That's a whole t-shirt story. Slayer. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, that's coming too. Fuck yeah. So all right, cool, cool. Uh, you know, everybody that listened, thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, you know, check us out, stilltoking.com or just look us up on Facebook. Uh, talking with the dead. Uh, follow us along if you want to get involved. Reach out. We'll yeah, what he yeah, what he said. Support these gentlemen. Support them. Cool. So, all right. Thanks a bunch, Matt. Uh, all right, thank thanks. you. Yep. Thanks, Melissa. It was. Thanks, it's been. Guys. It's been awesome. It's been and, a pleasure. Uh, we will see you guys soon. All right. Stay token. All right, Take man. Care, man. Peace out. All right, you too. Thank you, man. Bye. All right. Bye. 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 Bye.